another edition of the Roundtable. Dean Leggy, Fletcher Page. Fletcher, uh, are we are, like are we recording this on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day? You mean next, the, you mean the next installment? Sure, I, <laughs> I'll go whenever. I might be trapped in a in New Orleans for Christmas Eve on uh, Christmas Day. So, so this this is not going to be. But we can get our crew. We can get our Christmas on pretty good too. Uh, but this I see is not. Already, I see you've already got a phone call. Twenty twenty six seconds into the show. I'm hey, hey Dean. Kirby, I tell Kirby he's got to concentrate on practice. He can't call. <laughs> Hey, Dean, why do we do this podcast? Whose idea was it? Whose idea was it? Who, I don't whose know idea the answer was it for that, and yes, I'm, a little he, I'm a little hesitant to answer it, so I'm going to let you answer that. Now, whose idea was it for you and me to talk once a week about whatever we wanted to and then put it out there and for people to listen to for whatever reasons they wanted to? I, I feel like this is a trick question. Like, does this, does this outfit look good on me? Who is the person who said, let's me? do a podcast? Was it me? It was not you. It was you. Okay, good. Okay, and? That's it. Let's get rid of the rest of the show. You guys are welcome. <laughs> you've, had a, you've had a busy day yeah. today already. You got to see Kirby. You got, to see a, Kirby. you got to see a football practice for the first time since? Forever. Forever. And here's who was there today, right? You got an open I, records I, request I, you submitted in August. Good to go. <laughs> That is the best. I've actually got one of those i got to send in. Um, all right, so here's who was there today, all right? I mean, obviously I was there, so that's a big deal. But um, you had uh, Mark Schleyball, and I turned around right when this John Skipper thing happened. I said, John Skipper is leaving ESPN. You got Tony Barnhart, so two national guys who are local. And then, have you ever met Dan Wolken before? I've covered things Dan's been at, but and we work for this. We both get paid by Gannett, but we've never spoken to each other. Does does I mean uh, he's a shorter guy? Is that right? Is that the guy who was there today? Yeah, that's Dan. Okay, he used to, so he used to cover John Calipari, I believe. Uh, oh, okay. in, Memphis, right. in Memphis, and then well, the amount of people who were there today was a little. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it was a little insane um, for. <clears throat> what the, I mean, I, you know, they're playing for the national championship. I, I get that, but um, well, you know, who, local, it, like local Augusta was there, which is not a usual thing necessarily. Go ahead. Well, how many people are going to be there on the week of the South Carolina game? Not like this. No, I'm just asking. How many? Give it an estimate. I I, I was right by Jake Roos, and I said, "You think that that's 50 people?" And he said, "Yeah." So my right. guess for South Carolina would be much more like 30. Oh, so there's about 20 more people there. Um, not quite double, yeah. Dude, people were flying around uh, up there today. At practice? I mean, like, I, no, inside the facility. Oh, so the, the media like, people were it, intense. No, it was Claude's minions. I mean, he's got them. He's got that whip cracked, man. <laughs> he's got a staff up there, bro. You should have seen them working around out there. But local Savannah, local Augusta, local, I think, local, oh, yeah, local Macon, uh, asking their Jake Fromm questions. You got local... Was there a free meal? Yeah, bro. It was, it was them sandwiches again. You know, I don't, I'm not gonna. I, I had to. I couldn't do that. I'm not gonna say where I ate because I would like them to be a sponsor. I'm not just gonna give free advertising away. But um, yeah, I, I, I ditched on that. I had to get out of there. It was just just too many people. Well, what was the story of the day? I can't tell. I don't know if it was that Natrez is not off the team. Which I mean, I don't think anyone has reported that he's off the team that I'm aware of. So. Um, you know, 
I, I think Natrez is going to play. I, I've gone back and forth a bunch of times. I, I think this second, I think he is going to play in the Rose Bowl, although I give that about as much credence as, you know, that I know what today's date is. So not a lot. Not a lot. I, I think he'll play. I mean, I think that they are making – Georgia is making decisions right now that are – you know, that are based in in law, not in – or law, in fact, not necessarily in morality. should should this happen or not. Yeah, I don't want to say morality, but but morality, I guess, would be one way to put it. But they're not going to um, – they're not going to flush the toilet on the Trez just because he allegedly uh, did something – because he was arrested for something that he wasn't – that the DA didn't bring. So they dropped the charges. I mean, I think he got to decide at some point. If you're, I think Georgia has decided to make a decision that they're no longer going to live in a black and white world, which I think, I think is probably that's a great idea. Pretty good thing. Yep. Especially since the charges were dropped. Totally. I mean, there's no reason to put yourself uh, in a box and then, again, have to have, like, you know, the charges against Isaiah Crowell were eventually dropped. But yeah. It happened I, a really I, long time after the fact, but that that's a yeah. fact. Well, Natrez's attorney is coming strong, too, with some of this stuff. So, I don't know. Well, why don't that, you... You say, what was the story of the day? I mean, you got... I'm sorry. I just seen here that Thomas Davis was suspended for two games. I guess I would have to see the block. Was it really bad, Fletcher? I, I didn't see that, actually. I need to know how that could have been worse... Than what Rod than what Greg Kowski did. I'm sure they'll appeal it and get it down to one. You know, you, and this is not what we talk about, but you do start to wonder why is there a double standard for black players getting, you know, suspended by the NFL? Because what Gronk did was just straight up dirty. And I, I'm seeing it. Let me see. Well, let me watch here. Yeah, what Gronk did. You know, bro. I'm gonna ask me honest. When I was playing high school football, that 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 was that was you know getting in somebody's business, but 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 that wasn't just straight dirty like what Gronkowski did. Well, I mean, you got there's two things going for Gronk. He's white and he plays for the Patriots. They get off all the time. What easy, the hell, man. I mean, Thomas should not have hit the guy in his head. No doubt. That's that's not cool. But what Gronkowski just jumped on the dude's spine like it snapped his. I haven't seen the hit, but it is incredible to me that that guy is still playing football, man. I love watching Thomas Davis play. I mean, that guy is the best. What is he, 13 years in the league now? He's had three ACL surgeries. <laughs> that guy is the best, man. He won the we NFL player of the, uh, or man of the year two years ago. It's incredible for a guy from what? Uh, small town, small yeah. town, Georgia, Randolph Clay, right? Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Heck of a player. I, I just, anyway, um, they, they, they're very businesslike right now, man. I mean, they're very, they're very matter of fact, these guys. I don't, I mean, I don't know. So what's the schedule like? <laughs> I wish I knew. I mean, so, all right, today is Monday. You got Let's a lot see. going on because tomorrow's a big day. All these days until... Wednesday are bad. Today, media day, practice. Tomorrow. Actually, we shouldn't use terms like today and tomorrow. On Monday, the, the 18th, practice and media day. Right? <laughs> the 19th, 
this is their their only Tuesday practice in Athens. Is got a you got a double header at Stegman with the women in the morning and men playing tech at night. You've got Georgia bowl practice starting at two o'clock with availability after that. I think maybe there's not availability. I can't remember. And then Wednesday you've got signing day. I mean, and I, I don't know that there will be a bunch of surprises on signing. Everybody always wants a surprise. I think you kind of can tell what's going to happen on signing day right now. Uh, and then Thursday they will have their final availability. So, um, you know, I don't know. And then Friday they'll have practice, but there's no availability. So it's a busy time. And then, the, you know, you break for Christmas. I think it, for Georgia the only surprise would be if somebody doesn't sign, right? I mean, it sounds like I, from what you're I, telling I, me. I think, they, I think they know even those guys. Well, they just sign, they're signing whoever they're wanting. I think the only guy who is sort of in question, and yes, I am enjoying my yogurt. All I was right, say, man, you got a phone call, a yogurt. Sounds like you got. got a, yogurt. Sounds like you got a sinus infection. I definitely am sick. I ain't no doubt about that. That ain't gonna stop Santa Claus from coming down the chimney. All right, so the little babies can get all they need, all them num nums. <laughs> Your 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 little redheaded kids getting anything for Christmas? Keep. <laughs> so how many commits? No, oh, you're just not even going to talk about that. Man, my Go kids ahead. are my kids are many years down the road. They're, they're just a thought right now. How many um, verbal commits does Georgia have? As it stands, this second they've got eighteen. And how many do you anticipate will sign? Well, if in you are, and that's what Dog Post is for. If you read <laughs> the Dog Post Recruiting Board, version 1.9, which I'm about to put up here in a little bit, Georgia anticipates six early, enro- six early enrollees, all right, mm-hmm. plus eight expected to sign in December. So that's 14 total who should sign tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, for signing day. Now the curious thing is, are these are these this group here? All right, it's four guys: Elijah Moore, Aaron Brule, Tremel Walther, Walther, excuse me, and Rashad Wild Goose. Wild Goose. Now three of the four of those guys are out of state guys. I've heard nothing about Walther who that he is going to back away or back off at all. I've not heard much about Wild Goose that he would back off, but he's an out of state guy. He's a lower ranked guy. Elijah Moore, there's some scuttlebutt with the uh, Ole Miss. And then Brule, I don't think Georgia will sign eventually. So they, they're the breadth and the, and and then also to, on top of that, I'm glad you asked Fletcher. Uh, you've got on signing day, you've got James Cook in the morning, John Fitzpatrick in the morning, Jared Davis in the morning, excuse me, Jordan Davis in the morning, Jake Camarda, Camarda, Camarda. Ah. Man, all these names running together sound like you're talking about a class the, from a few years ago. The, the punter, he's in the okay. morning. And then you got Jamar Sailor. At ten fifteen, Chris Smith eleven, Justin Fields twelve, twelve thirty for Adam Anderson, uh, <clears throat> Owen Condon out in Oklahoma. He's at twelve forty. Cade Mays t- two thirty. Brent Cox three o'clock. Kiaris Jackson at five. The only guy on that group there of all the people I've listed, I think the only curious one here is Cade Mays. That's the one where you know you're talking to Chad, you're talking to Matt before these run ups. Those are the only time, and I've not talked to Chad lately. I, I, I don't want yeah, people to get mad. Slip that but in there. I don't want people to get all sensitive, but um, at, at other companies. But uh, <laughs> with the, the, the run up to all of this, 
I think the insiders, the only one that is confusing slash, you know, you're not sure is Cade Mays. He's the only one, Fletcher. And and, and, and years gone by, just to have one where you didn't really know, that would be odd. Right. It looks like Alabama's been making a move up the up the list. And that's obviously who I'm going to be comparing Georgia to probably for the next few years. That's what fans want. Uh, Georgia has 18 commits currently. Alabama has 16. They both, they almost have identical average rating. Uh, Georgia's at 92 flat. Alabama's at 92.04. Um, so what me... what 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 in our discussions through through time here? What has been my sort of only? And I've written about this, but I want you to back me up on it. What has been my only worry, so to speak, about the way Kirby has built this? It's directly related to Alabama. Um, you remember off the top of your head, I've talked about me Clemson. On the spot. I, I've talked about Clemson, Auburn, Florida State. Would it be that? I don't know. Help me out. All right. So I, it'll, this will come to you pretty quick, I think. Which is the only worry that I've ever had with all of this is. You're building the same thing that Alabama is building. The mold is it's very, very similar. You're going to have to go out and out-recruit them. And right, right. Matt, and Matt DeBerry, whereas, whereas at Clemson, at uh, maybe Florida State, at Texas A&M, perhaps at Tennessee back in the day, you didn't have to because you ran a different style. But with Georgia <clears> – <throat> They're going to have to out-recruit. This is the first year, maybe, that they will have out-recruited Alabama. Well, now we're going to have to see what happens to Alabama, but it looks to me like uh, they may well have recruit, out-recruited Alabama. Right, and if you do that for a couple cycles, uh, then you got yourself um, you got yourself a decade-long dynasty in the making. So I agree, I agree. and that sort of has been uh, – it's interesting to me how – some programs, and I think I might have even said this to you before, uh, when you try to out Alabama, Alabama. That's, that's what, right. That's basically what you're doing. Uh, that's what Jimbo right. was doing at Florida State. <clears throat> I think that's what Jim McElwain was trying to do at Florida. Um, it requires elite talent to just line up and power through people. And obviously where Alabama has had some issues in the past where they've been where they have been beaten is when they when they're faced with a dynamic quarterback like Johnny Manziel or Deshaun Watson, that maybe it's a little bit different. It's very well, difficult. Well, can't say though. that about Jared Stidham anymore, though, can we? So, I mean, well, that's true. Five, that's five, true. Uh, he ain't a chump. Well, it's not, it, it's not a steadfast rule, but um, obviously when it, it makes a lot of sense when you have a Heisman winner or a transcendent player that you can beat Alabama. Uh, so, hey, I mean, maybe that's what the Fields kid might be for Georgia. You never know uh, necessarily. I don't, I don't know that people – I think people at Gain, in Gainesville and around Georgia knew Deshaun Watson was a good football player. I don't know that they knew he would be the greatest football player in Clemson there's, history. There's, there's no way. So yeah. I agree with you. But all you're, all you're really talking about, though, when it comes to recruiting, and this is where I think Mark Rick probably his biggest shortcoming was – is you're just trying to create a margin for error for yourself, ultimately. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's, this is the most capitalistic aspect of sport, really. Uh, you can get any player you want. You can get 35 stars. Uh, you can't do that anywhere else. I, can't, I mean, if you do well in the NFL, you got to pick last. So um, I think, obviously, 
uh, one through ten at Georgia, their their top ten recruits in every class are always going to be good. Uh, but when you see what Kirby's doing ten through eighteen right now, I mean that's that's pretty incredible. I think that last year's class is going to be better than the 2018 class. I think the 19 class has potential to be the best class in Georgia history. But here's here's the important thing to remember is that all things relative at Georgia, this is last year's class was the the the, the greatest class in Georgia history, the Jake Fromm class. Okay? But we don't what we don't know is is can the 19 class get past them as it relates to globally, you know, if you sit here and you look at the top 10 of, and, and there's going to be some, I, I guess there's going to be some movement. I'm not sure. But there's, there's, there's three teams that continue to be in the top ten, and even top five every year. It's Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. And the truth is that for Georgia and Bama, not only is Georgia going to have to beat Alabama, I think, to, to get to the playoff from here on out, uh, I mean, Alabama's going to have to beat Georgia, too. And that, that's the trade-off here, whereas Ohio State and Penn State, who are very good in their division, um, they're going to have to beat one another too, but there's not really this natural person on the other side like there is for Georgia and Alabama. I think it's, it's somewhat setting up that the SEC championship loser in the future could get into the championship game, and to get, could get into the playoff. You, you, you might have to sweat it. I'm much and, more. I'm more bullish. You're going to need some luck too. I'm more bullish on this than I'm going to say. I'm going to be conservative. I think Georgia's going to play for the SEC championship six or seven times in the next ten years. I think that's probably about right. And I, I don't. I don't think that's asking too much. I mean, I, do you think that Florida is going to be a failure? Because I don't. I don't think they're going to be a failure, but I don't think that Florida can play for the SEC championship six or seven times in the next ten years. I think there's only one team in the East that can do that, and that's Georgia. How about in the West? I mean, has has anything changed in the West to you? No. The only thing that I think about in the West is I just always I look up to see how old Nick Saban is on Wikipedia about two every two months uh, because that's really to me the only way the West is really going to shake up. I think uh, until Saban retires, and then Alabama's going to have to figure out that transition. Um, I think LSU will be exactly what they are for the for the next couple years. I think they'll be a tough out. I think they'll be a, a really tough nine win team that could probably win ten and might win eight. Who's uh, this now? Who'd you say? L- LSU. And I think that that Auburn has. I think LSU will be more stable, and that Auburn has a higher ceiling but a lower floor. So uh, those are your two teams. I think Arkansas is an impossible job. I think that Mississippi State has enjoyed some has enjoyed some great times under Dan Mullen. Very tough job. Ole Miss, that's a tough job too. And uh, I just Texas A and M is the one to me that I, I I don't Jimbo Fisher going out there to me is really intriguing. Obviously, they're pouring in resources. Uh, that's a tough gig too, though, because you're recruiting a state that that's it's a fierce uh, battle out there too, and you're in that division. So. Texas A&M is the wild card to me, but until Saban retires, I mean, I don't know. I think you're, I think you can expect to see teams from the state of Alabama uh, in Atlanta each December. I just think you know, just I don't think it happens so quick. I mean, this is the this the sixteen season was tough. I mean, losing to Vanderbilt by a point, losing to Georgia Tech by a point, losing on a on a uh, on a hail mary to Tennessee, having to drive the field to win to beat Missouri and Kentucky. Um, the, 
you know, in Missouri on a, on a, on, on a fourth down play. I mean, there was nothing easy about the 16th season. In 17, um, so many of these games were sort of walkovers, man. I mean, that was the part that was so nuts, was that they've got a lot of energy left here. They had a lot of energy that Auburn, I don't think, had. Well, I, I, I was uh, I was looking up that really to me this this all got it, this all started when Nick Chubb and Sony and Lorenzo decided to come back. Totally. So that might not have been the case in years past. It seems so counterintuitive uh, now. Uh, you go pro as soon as you can. That's what I grew up hearing about it, about the NFL. You don't want to put any more mileage on your legs. But with the way that the uh, rookie contracts was restructured a few years ago yeah i, I do think that them, them christmas gremlins are coming out to get us here with this technology yeah let's be straight up here we're having some tef- technical difficulties but you you were saying that auburn had run out of gas obviously having to play i'll tell you one thing that jeremy Pruitt didn't do is get that pipeline of internets to my house when he was here at georgia he got that runway you know got a lot of things done go ahead sorry well, real quickly, I, since we've got a little bit of break up here and we can tease to the rest of the show, mm. let me get my three minutes of basketball in. Oh, boy. Let me tell you something. I had been kicking around the idea that maybe Georgia could catch a could catch Kentucky at the, end of this, at the end of this calendar year up here in Rupp Arena. So you've been kicking around, all right? That's right. All right. I'm going to give that about a 10% chance of happening. I was, I was closer to 40 and I could have been convinced of 50, but, man, what happened to the dogs up there at UMass? As someone who watched the game, right? As you did. Just, it was not good. They, they looked awful. I don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know really what is supposed to be said that hasn't always been said before. This is, this is what Georgia does under Mark Fox. They have a disappointing slash strange loss um, every pre-Christmas, it feels like. And, like, last year it was – it was uh, Oakland up in Michigan. This year it was uh, these guys uh, in UMass, not a UMass with, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, when Cal was there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, don't, I well, don't know. I don't want to be critical of scheduling, but. Oh, he criticized. I was talking to Jason Butt, and he said that uh, he was critical of himself. For scheduling the game, I was going to say there, there's nothing to be gained by playing a five and five UMass team on the road. If you win, it doesn't really matter, and if you lose, that's the game they're going to put up on the screen or on March the 10th, talking about your yeah. resume. And so I thought they had turned the corner. That St. Mary's game, um, coming off the San Diego loss, I gave them zero percent chance to beat St. Mary's, and then they, they did that, and then they go to Marquette, and you're thinking, okay. You're building a nice non-con resume, and we're anticipating that that Georgia is not going to win 12 games in the league. All we've talked there's, about there's there's no way. Well, all we've talked about for years is how terrible the SEC is, and so if you bemoan that, and if you're a Georgia fan, and you're you're going to say, well, it's a tw- you, you win 12 games in the league, you should get in the tournament. Well, that wasn't the case because the league was so down for the most part, in the recent past. This year it's not, which that's that's great, right? Except now you're not going to – you can't bank on but, winning double-digit games in the conference. But they still have a shot as it relates to um, – th- that they play – I mean, Clemson, obviously, my wife's a big Clemson fan, so I, I follow 
Clemson relatively closely, uh, very closely in football, relatively closely in basketball. And what Clemson has the opportunity, as Nick Saban would always say, is um, that you know Georgia will have now a chance because of the league that they play to get into a situation that they can benefit from the league play. Clemson has had that for a long time. And most of the time under Brad Brownell, they, they've not been able to jump over the hump. For Georgia, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think a little bit maybe we're overreacting. Now, I will say this. If they lose to Tech and or, 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 and or Temple, they're in some very serious trouble. I don't very think, serious. I don't think they're going to lose to Tech. I think they could drop that Temple game. And, I think you might be right. And then they've got Kentucky to close out the calendar year. So uh, I think they're going to end up at about, what, eight? I think they'll and be three, eight like and four at the turn of the year. So, again, though, I think last year, I think, honestly, the past two years were very bleak, actually, at the turn of the calendar because – I, I can call this hindsight, but you, you, I think you felt this too. Georgia had no chance of being able to get into the tournament in most of the past few years after December because it was going to be hard. Yeah, because they had lost some of these games, and there was no games on the schedule outside of like Kentucky and Florida where they could really make move the needle in terms of moving up the board. But you know what, man? Florida's got to pick it. Florida ain't very good right now. They got injuries. So I'm, now when you look at it, though, and I'm just going off Kim Palm, who I praise so much. So now, so I'm just looking at the league. This is the SEC. you got Kentucky, Alabama, Missouri, currently South Carolina, Auburn, Arkansas. South Carolina's South, South Carolina not very good. They're not. But in terms of the ranking now, Auburn, Arkansas, Florida, if I haven't said them yet, Tennessee, Texas A&M, so in Tennessee again. The, these are all games that Georgia's going to play, and so now at the turn of the now we're going to be saying, "Here's the path," but also we're going to be saying, "You're going to lose a lot more." So that's what they're faced with. So they've got to beat Tech and Temple to get to the turn, and you know then we can evaluate a little bit further. It's that time, boy. You want to read that sponsor off? It's it's either or. It's either or. Oh, I just got. Okay. I right, just before we get. I into thought it, you were going to announce a sponsor so I could before, get some money for Christmas. Before, <laughs> before we get into our 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 usual suspect here, which is either or or word association. Today is going. This week's going to be either or. I just got a text. My daughter is making cookies at home, and I can see right now that these cookies aren't big enough. Okay, if you're going to make a cookie, all right, like some of us do at home. You got to actually do it. You can't sort of do it. You, you know, I'm seeing here on this nine by twelve pan sheet. There's like, there's already twelve cookies on here. One, one, two, three, four. Yeah, sixteen. Excuse me. And bitches is way too small. They got to be big cookies. You need twelve. Uh, one whole Toll House recipe should make thirteen cookies. Period. Not twenty something. They're too small. They can't be gooey and chewy, man. I don't need a crispy cookie, Fletcher. It's not good enough. I got to say, you've been for years perfecting your cookies, which I respect. But I know they you can, if they make them too small, you can just put, you just put the whole thing, you don't even got to chew. You just put the whole thing in your mouth and swallow it. <laughs> just swallow it whole. It's time for either or here on the wait, I've, been, you, I, I've not been prepped on that. Are you asking me the questions? No, I'm, I'm, yeah, next week you're asking me. All, all right. right. All right. So, I'm ready. 
You got either or. All right, All right we're going to start. We're going to start with this one. I, I saw him today. Roquan or Alec? Oh, man. Now, this is interesting because I put, I think that I'm going to go with Roquan. In college? Well, in college or pro? Because this is like Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley to the, me. I, I, I'm not going to answer that. It's just what you feel. I'm going to take Roquan because I'll just, I'm just going to say this. It's no disrespect to Alec, but I think that I, – and I know that Roquan's had more injuries, but I know Roquan's going to be out there as long as he's not injured. And you couldn't always say that about Todd or Alec. That's true. But now Pancake. Todd, Todd are, and Alec – Are you done? I think Todd and Alec – if you're taking, I mean, can the Rams win the Super Bowl? Yeah, dude. They, they have, yeah, they can actually. And, and are they going? Can they decide? I mean, what's going on with the white Ram look? I don't. I don't like I need, that. I need. I need the gold. Yeah, I need the gold. If this is college, I'll take Nick Chubb and Roquan. If this is a pro, I'm taking Gurley and Alec. All right. Pancakes or waffles? And the answer can't be yes. Waffles. Orange soda or grape soda? Who? Or give me that orange. Okay. You're gonna go with jerky or slim jims? Mm-mm. Jerky, man. A slim jim. That's not a real thing. That is a. That's <laughs> that's crafted in some sort. That was never an crafted. Animal. That was it's never not an a animal, deer, man. No, no. That was made in some laboratory. It was never an animal. I need. I need something that's been in a dehumidifier for a couple days. Call or text. Text, don't call me. Gas or charcoal? Charcoal, dude, that's not a question. Well, it's gonna, well if you're Wes Mullenberg, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Won't you burn my chicken some more, Wes? Go to spot downtown in Athens. That's not either or. I just need a straight up answer. I think I know it's too easy. Uh, food is last resort. If I had to take. You know, you know that's where Kirby's taking these recruits these days, right? He's going to last resort. I believe so. Food is last resort. Uh, if I had to take people out to get a couple drinks, it'd be all good. And then for if I'm drinking alone, which is something I enjoy <laughs> doing, that's the thing, man. People used to get alarmed by that. I was like, I gotta go do some things by myself. I want to go drink alone after a Friday night of getting the paper out. I knew there was gonna be like 14 phone calls about how stupid I was the next day for all the mistakes in the newspaper. I go drink by myself at taco stand until they made me leave. If you're closing it down, it's taco stand. Canadian band question here. Nickelback or Rush? Rush. I think that's pretty easy, too. Then final either or for the week, unless you've got something. I think I know what you're going to go with here, but you're going to go, is it either or? It's Han Solo or Luke? Han Solo, man. Yeah, I knew that. Han Solo. Han Solo. Because Han Solo, here's the thing, dude. I'm not actually. By the, by the way, by the way, I'm gonna let you get on that. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. Uh, T Swizzle. Um, somebody was giving me shit on YouTube. I think it was about the or, or, or on Twitter about the Hawassi Metroplex. Or what is it called? In Towns County. Yeah. What's the movie theater called? It's. It was like uh, Philstone Cinemas. No, dude. There's something diff It's different now. Everything's done changed not, up there. Have you not been up there in a while? What's the last time you had Star Crunch, bro? <laughs> I haven't been home in a minute. In a 
minute. They have a new, they got a new thing there. They can watch the moving pictures. So it's like a, it's very strange. It's like a, it's almost like, you know, how I don't know. At Tucker, we had the cafetorium. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Where you would, you'd eat, but there'd be a stage up there at the same time. Well, this is like a, it's not a true movie theater. It was some sort of weird thing. I, I don't, I don't know. If it's like, Towns County, it's bring your own whiskey. That you distilled at home. You can't. Can is there, are there liquor? There are no liquor stores. You up cannot there, buy liquor in in, in Towns County. But you can bring your own. But you can buy beer. And then but you, you, should, can you can bring. You can. You can bring. You can bring. Uh, uh, bottle bottles to restaurants, right? Yeah, you can, and then they'll serve it to you as if you were. Man, it's so That's tough to just awesome. be living like city folk up there. So, so you were going to say Han Solo? Why? Yeah, here's why. Because. I know that Luke had some daddy issues, and I'm not the biggest Star Wars buff. Like I, I've seen all the movies multiple times, but I'm not like all deep in the Force like a lot of people are. Maybe you. You, you have not had. I, I, it's just qual. It's a good quality. Yeah, I think series. it's good. So, so I, is Lord of the Rings. And I, I, I was about to that. say Lord of the Rings. I feel the same way. I like watching them. I don't think about them all that often, but whatever. My man Luke, I know he had some daddy issues. But he was a five-star recruit. I mean, this guy was born to, to be a galaxy changer. Right? I don't need – he's J.J. Watt. I don't need lectures from J.J. Watt. Bro, you're 6'6", 280 and can run. I don't need to hear the other stuff. No, right? I think Luke you're is like born a, to- Luke is Alec Ogletree. All right? He's got everything. He's got the lineage. He's got the force. But Han, Han's just a normal dude. All right? He had to – Han gets the girl, man. But he's grinding. Yeah, I know. Because Luke, that was Luke's sister, so <laughs> which we didn't know when they kissed. Not weird Dude, at all. Let me, let me ask you. I'm I'm, go, I'm going in deep here, man. We got we got in laws coming up. I'm not even, bro. And if you're listening to this and you do this, hey, that's on you, Fletcher. <laughs> do you have anybody in your family who kisses on the mouth, like kisses their mom on the mouth? No, we don't do that, man. Have you seen that? I've seen people do that, and I just, you know, I keep my eyes on the floor. That's, I mean, my, my, that, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not looking for that. I'm not, I mean, my, 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 my daughter does that shit. And I'm like, not just, to me. Just to everybody no, in the fam? No, just to her mom. And I'm like, no, I can't, you know, we're not going to do that. So I started very early, and, and we don't, we don't do that. She and I don't do that. And I got Alex with his mouth wide open, just like going in for the kill every time. You can't, you can't do anything with him. He's just, he's just ready to French you every time. Of course, he's very, he's very young. <laughs> Han had Han had to work with what he could. I really respected his hustle. Oh, he hustled. So I, I go Han Solo. I find him. I mean, both characters are really intriguing in terms of narrative and the way they're written. So I, I like them both, but I take Han. For sure. What's a uh, favorite Christmas memory? And we're going to do a Christmas special, but I, I do want to kind of preview the thing a little bit here. Favorite Christmas memory. Okay. Uh, when I was five. What, what, was the, what was the gift you did not get? That's what I was going to say. When I was five, I'd asked for Santa to paint my, I had an outdoor basketball court. It was just pavement with the nice gold that I got in the Christmas before. I asked for that pavement to be painted like the orlando magic court it's all i wanted bro that's pretty aggressive i run out i see all my presents around under the tree 
I take note of what I need to unwrap, and then I bolt to the back window, check out my back door court. I know it's going to be blue and black with all those stars, and I already have my magic starter jacket. I was the I was so pumped, and that you know what was out there? It was just a bunch of wet asphalt or wet concrete and leaves. All right, and that that's when I knew that either Santa wasn't real or me and Santa weren't going to be friends. Oh, Pete failed you, didn't he? I didn't get that one. So. And then Shaq left the magic in a year, and I moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I've ever wanted has just turned to shit. Daddy, can you explain to me why Penny Hardaway don't play for the magic no more? Yeah, Penny got hurt, and then I had to get a new starter jacket. You really had starter jackets? Dude, those were so cool. That was everything in third grade. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think that... uh, uh, what what is Jake Fromm going to get for Christmas this year? If you're guessing, I don't know what what would somebody like him need. I don't know. I That's what I'm saying. Say. Like, what does Roquan get for Christmas? I was trying to remember what I got for Christmas when I was in college. Just a bunch. Well, of- what what did what did your what did your girlfriend get you last year for Christmas? Why y'all? You, you ask me these questions that are going to get me, <laughs> going to get me in trouble. Um, well, last year for Christmas, I got a, I got a, I got an Apple Watch. It wasn't from my girlfriend. That was from my mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, we got this. This podcast has turned to turd. Oh man, you, you can't remember anything. I'm not really. I, it's tough for me. Mondays are tough for me because I have to drive to Louisville. To do a, to, I do a live Facebook show. They put you can see my face and everything on it. And they let me do it. Um, so Mondays are are stacked for me. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think what I got for Christmas last year. This is how I know I'm getting old. I'm 30 now. By the way, there's only three SEC teams ranked in the in the top 25 in uh, in basketball this week. I, I want to circle back to 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 one thing. I, I'm sitting exactly where I was uh, on a Friday night. I was I was watching uh, I watched Virginia play Boise State. Now, what week was that? Let me just look this up real quick. Um, that 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 night, um, I remember the commentators on ESPN saying that the SEC was no longer the best conference in the country. That was week four. Where where are you in that conversation? I mean. Uh, You've got two teams in the in the playoff. Does that does that automatically put them as the best conference, or or um, or is it everything? I mean, the East is pretty rough, but globally as a conference, is it better than the Big Twelve? I don't think there's any question. I think I think it would have to say it's probably better than than everyone, maybe than the Big Ten. Does it? Where does the ACC stack up after Clemson and uh, well, Miami? Here's a. Uh, it, this is a nuanced conversation. Sure, but I think there's no. You do have to rank them one through five. I do, I do, and I haven't thought about it, so I, it'd be hard for me to do that. But it it is clear to me that the SEC, obviously, when you get two teams out of four, yeah. But it was a very top heavy league this year. Yeah, same thing with the Big Ten. And but if you look around, you probably say that about like you just did. You just threw it right out there, the Big Ten. I don't. Pac-12 has not really been on the radar. Um, I think the ACC. When you see te- certain teams like Wake Forest, it, I think Wake it, Forest it had appeared, a good year. 
it appeared that the ACC might be the best conference, and then well, Louisville happened, and then Florida State happened. If yeah. you're talking one through the end, of, if you're talking top to bottom, I think Wake Forest, NC State, those teams had better years than we we're accustomed to. Sure. So I think the ACC has an argument to be the best conference if you're talking about that. Does, does the fact that Clemson won the title last year mean that they were the best conference last year? No. So They were, they were better last year than they are this year. The conference? I think they might have been. I mean, because Miami wasn't exactly dog-turd last year. And Florida State wasn't awful. No, I mean, Florida State was good last year, generally speaking. I, you know what? I'm just going to be straight up. I've never cared about this talk, this argument. I don't mean like I don't no. care to talk about it. I just, I always find that people who come into this conversation leave the same way that they came well, into let it. Let me ask you this, though, in the in the grand pantheon of thinking, at what stage this year could you have really argued that the SEC was the worst conference? Because that's what these nimcompoops on Friday night were talking about. In, in well, that's September. just stupid. I mean, I, I just. That's hard to understand. Yeah, because I, I think that Alabama and Georgia... Who is, the se- who is the second best team in the Big 12? Are we talking, I guess it would be... Uh, um, TCU. TCU, I guess? Because Alabama and Georgia did not get in to the playoff because of the SEC. They got into the playoff because they were one of the four best teams. You can't say... I mean... You know, Clemson, I think Clemson has a very good resume, but one of the ones wins that everyone points to is that they beat Auburn at home. Right. And which, I mean, come on, that's a, that's a good win. But you can't, like, it's, it's just intellectually dishonest. Like, you can't say how great the SEC West is at the end of the season uh, or the whole time, excuse me, building up to the end of the season, and then you say the SEC is not very good this year. I mean, like, you have to decide... Uh, based on reality, what is what is real and what isn't is is the SEC West so much better than the East? I think outside of Georgia, the East was really bad this year. But no, no, no. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not disputing that. That's not necessarily what I asked. Outside outside of excuse me, was the West so good this year versus the East? Was it was uh, was it noticeably better? I would say it was better. I'm not sure it was so much better that you got to spike the football on the thing. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, I agree with that. LSU lost to Troy, right? No, I I agree with that. Not good. I just my take my takeaway for is who is this? What is this argument about? Um, seriously, like why, why do we have this conversation? Just, just, just stumping your chest. That's it. I guess so. Because if you're Georgia, what do you care what the other 13 teams in the league are doing? The path is always the same. You You don't, you get to Atlanta in December, you win that game and you're in. And maybe if you don't win that game, if you're like Alabama, if you missed out somehow, what, 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 as it, looking back on it, do you think the if, if Georgia and Bama both, I mean, I guess the answer is yes, but if Georgia and Bama both arrived to Atlanta undefeated, they both would have gotten in, as it turns out. Right. I mean, do we know for sure that Georgia had lost that game to Alabama, which I'm not so sure they would have lost the game, but let's just say they did. Would they, would they have still gotten in? I guess the answer is yeah. No, the answer would be no, because they'd have two losses. No, no, no. No, Georgia would have arrived undefeated and lost. Oh, okay. Well, that's... And is Alabama undefeated? 
Both, yeah, both would arrive. In yeah, the I think so. <sighs> yep, I think that's right. I think the the winner would have been the one, and the loser would have been the three. I think a more global question here, and this is very very nuanced. Okay, oh is what? Why do is it that we have too many non journalists <laughs> in television that sort of shape this, or is it that I mean, like I'm looking at Laura McKeeman right now, Laura Rutledge now. Does she have a Does she have a background in journalism? She's done it for a decade, um, and I don't know that she necessarily falls into this trap. But I'm just watching her and Paul Feinbaum right now, um, and they are this is this is a group that that forms opinion. You can't act like. They, they don't. So the, the narrative, the, remember the Clemson-Alabama collision course. Do you remember Do you remember that for the championship? Well, that yeah. didn't turn out to be true. You remember when Georgia and Alabama were on a collision course? Yeah. Well, that, I that, think wasn't even, that wasn't even that long ago. As it relates to Laura, she's, I think her background in journalism is her the bulk of the work. I mean, it doesn't matter if what you went to school for. That's right. But the answer is everything has to be so definitive, and it has to sound good in a 20-second soundbite. I mean, it Dan, is ruining. It's it's it is ruining the way that we process these things. Because you remember, you, what, was it Dan Wolken who said that Kirby would be? He did well, question the hire. One, well, that's and, and that, I mean, that, I don't. Because, that's but that's fine. that's the problem with if you're on the outside looking in, and you say that Jeremy Pruitt is a good hire at Tennessee. Or if you say that Kirby is a bad hire at Georgia, if, if anybody questioned Kirby's hiring at Georgia, it's because they did not really have an understanding of what was going on at Georgia at the time and what Kirby could, <clears throat> and what Kirby could make Georgia do. Kirby, if, if they would have hired Dan Mullen instead of Kirby, they wouldn't be the same. Dan Mullen could not do what Kirby is doing at Georgia. Let, let me read what Dan Mullen said. And this is from uh, an appearance... On, I think, an Atlanta radio station. He said, and I talked with people, I don't want to say who I talked to at Georgia about this. I remember immediately after it happened, um, this is what Dan Wilkin is called as saying. He said, and, 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 and it's not necessarily about Dan Wilkin specifically, although if he wants to come on the podcast, that'd be great. It's fine. Um, and talk about this or, or anything else. But he said, uh, let's not give Georgia that much of a pass. If Kirby Smart doesn't win the East in 2017, he's a clown. I'm sorry, point blank. They are so far above the rest of that division in terms of talent right now with the players they've got coming back. Give me a break. The expect the expectation for Georgia next year to be winning the East Point Blank period. If they don't get that done, then I have to seriously whether question whether Kirby can coach. So I think that's it, a fair. I actually I think that that is as it turns out the way that the East played out this year. I don't know why you would call him a clown. That's the part that was so annoying to the people at Georgia. Maybe you would call him. Um, not good at the job or something. I guess maybe that's what it means to him. That's not what clown has meant to me growing up. If you got called oh. a clown, it was not a... I don't know what that means. But I don't think you'd be a clown. But as it turns out, if Georgia had not won the East this year, something would be seriously wrong with Georgia. Well, no question. But they did... Two things. They did win it. And number two, what I said to the person I was talking to at the time, I said, well, let's just see how they don't win the East first. I mean... Right. It would have requ- taken... I, I, I said, what if someone gets hurt that matters? Like and Jacob Eason? Yes, as it turns out, that actually did happen. Right. And, it, and they still won the East. So right. does, that, does, that confirm, uh, does that confirm that Kirby is not a clown? 
It won't because again, that sounded that was so definitive and sounded great in the twenty right. seconds that people probably thought about it and they moved on and forget about it. Although it appears you do not forget. Well, I it's, the only reason I remember it is because, and I say strong stuff all the time, but the only thing I remember is because he was there a day and asked a question. But it, it's I do think that the biggest thing, and every uh, there's a flip side of this too, which is that our audience or the entire audience, Dan Wilkins' audience doesn't have an hour to listen to him explain right you know everything so it is it's both at the same time but uh i do think that we have regressed as a profession to some degree and you don't hear talk doctors talking about doctors in a bad way a lot of times but i think the media does have to the sports media does have to scale back the damn hot takes sometimes i mean Everybody's all over LeBron at one point, or Steph Curry, or you know other people, or whatever. I mean, I, my issue with LeBron is I wish he'd drive the damn ball and get straight to the rack when it matters. But he may be more comfortable with his jumper at times. I just know that he's so damn powerful, no one can stop him. And so that would be my that you know having not being an, an NBA player, not that not being necessarily my expertise. I, I just I think we should slow down the hot takes. Slow down. Yeah, on, what do you want from these people? I mean that's what that's what the television they're not they're not very good. But that's what the television model and and if you're if you're going to reference Twitter, that's what Twitter was made for. So if if well, they're but I, but I don't get sucked into that necessarily. Yeah, but, but if there are if there are consumers, readers, watchers, listeners, if they are going to Twitter, then that's what they are going to get, and that's what they've grown to anticipate. And 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 if they're watching. Television. If they're watching Jesse Palmer's color commentary during a Friday night game, Thursday night game, to get their information or shape their perception of the SEC, I think they they'll actually, get they'll get what they what they are consuming. You know, I I, I, I would love to go back. I actually recorded all of the. You are college, what you eat. I recorded all the college football playoff things because I wanted to be able to go back and and see the the the, the evolution of thinking over time. And, you know, you should write this. The, at first, the narrative was Georgia and Alabama are both going to get in. And they're both going to get in. And they were beating that drum so hard. And as it turns out, they did get in. But they didn't get in the tradition, the way that everybody was saying they're going to get in. And so, you know, I, I just don't know, man. I mean, I think that a lot of the false narratives in fandom or consume consumerism people who, who read what we write or say it's because it's past there's a lot of junk that's sort of passed on man it's uh it's not good it's 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 it's, it's a real i don't want to say it's a disease but like sometimes it's like you know like for instance here's my hot take on mark fox <laughs> they need to play better they need to win they need to get to the tournament yeah, if but see, don't. I can't. But see, I can't just start, stop, or keep going with that. And it starts for me with they need to recruit better. No question. But they have been. No doubt. Yeah, they have been recruiting better. Better, no but question. not to the level. I mean, and of their that's peers. that's another that's another narrative that's a little bit ridiculous. After a while, is what you say is Mark Fox is a is a. Everyone says no one ever says Mark Fox is a bad coach. They say he's a great in, X's and O's coach. In the, in the media, no one ever says that. In the national media. The national media, no one ever says it. So you're sitting there going, all right, so this guy's a great coach. All right, good. And he's not a bad coach. I mean, anybody's calling him a bad coach is, is kind of 
they're to me they're kind of reaching. But I mean, I'm gonna tell you why it's a stupid thing to say. It's a stupid thing to say because okay, I'm just gonna go along with you then. This guy is a great X's and O's coach, awesome, and he's terrible at recruiting, but he's good at scheming it up, awesome. You know who else is a good X's and O's coach? Mike White, Rick Barnes, Frank Martin, John Calipari. Who does he have to play? Oh, all those coaches who can also coach X's and O's, but out-recruit him. Who am I going to pick in those games? Hmm. Okay, so stop saying that. It's stupid. Well, and, and recruiting is coaching. Oh, no, dude. It is everything. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't – I mean – you know, Georgia should get Jamari Saylor on, on, on Wednesday, signing day. You don't think that matters? You don't think Andrew Thomas has been just as significant as Jake Fromm this year? I mean, it not, I mean, having a left tackle totally matters. Excuse me, right tackle totally matters. Yeah, well, we don't need to go down there. We'll get into another rant there. But So it, 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 it's very strange the way we talk about it. You know, everybody says John Calipari is not a good X's and O's coach. I mean, that guy won in a big way at I, I UMass. Guess, I, I guess all, yeah, no shit. And at Memphis. I guess, I guess all I would say is. What has Memphis, Memphis and UMass been since Calipari left those two places? I, I, I am very close with my college coach. And and I, you know, we can have coach on here one of these days. No one's going to really well, That'd be care. crazy. But, um, you know. You can only scheme so much. I mean, you can only call man or zone so much. I mean, the, the kids got to go do it. I mean, and that's that's one thing Kirby said today. He said, you know, this is going to come down to you know who's doing it right. We when they they know Oklahoma and like Oklahoma, I think runs a strange front. A front. That's what Jason Butt was talking about. I mean, but at some stage, um, you just got to go out and play. You know, Rodrigo's got to make field goals. And they've got to beat the person in front of them. It's not, you know, the triple option or the spread or the eye. Do you do what you do well enough to win? That's coaching. And that's, people don't, I guess they want to make it more complicated than it really is. I'm not sure. But this out coach shit, um, I don't know, bro. I mean, if it's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you've got the kids or not. If you got the kids and you're not winning, that's a problem. But usually, and almost all the time this is the case, you got the kids, you're going to win. If you don't have the kids, you're not going to win. And all my friends in coaching, I'm not going to name their names, because a lot of them are in college coaching and the SEC and the ACC in basketball and football. But they just be like, man, these kids, man, these kids. That's all the kids, that's all the coaches talk about. Well, you know what Mark Fox's biggest issue now is, is that they fired Mark Richt. I know. And I, I think Fox has done a good job of bringing stability uh, to, the, to the program and the position. Uh, obviously, the, I think Tubby Smith was destined to leave uh, very quickly. Uh, Ron Jerza was a blip. Jim Herrick was an accident, was a incident waiting to happen. Dennis Felton was <sighs> Dennis no. Felton. And so I, I give credit to Fox for, again, I, I respect the consistency that he's had. But at some point you get you say, I'm, if, as they did with Mark Rick, tired of being 
uh, you know, have a 10 win ceiling, uh, want to get to the next level. And so I think now that you're seeing like, Hey, I think there's always some hesitation where it's like, Hey, if you fire Philip former, you might hire, uh, you might end up hiring Lane Kiffin and then, uh, Derek Dooley and then Butch Jones. And then you look up and 10 years later, you're irrelevant and a joke, but you can fire Mark Richt and hire Kirby smart and be in the playoff. So now if you're George, you can say, Hey, you know, it's pretty cool winning 20 games every year, but we haven't won an NCAA tournament game in, what, 15 years? Yep. Maybe it'd be cool to get to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Well, I think, I, think in all, I think in all relationships, and what Mark Fox has with Georgia and what Kirby has with Georgia, that's a relationship. And in all relationships, you have to always assess, or from time to time, you have to assess your relationship. Does this make sense? Am I doing correct things? Am I doing it right by you know whoever I'm in the relationship with? And right, I, I do think, particularly if Georgia does not get into the NCAA's, and even if they get there and don't win a game, I think Georgia has to take a very hard look at its relationship with Mark Fox. Not because he's an idiot. Not because he's a bad coach. Not because things have been a disaster but just because hey if this is what it's always going to be is this acceptable to us we've had this discussion about this with mark mike's which with whatever his name is stoops <laughs> at kentucky and kentucky has contractually basically said it's seven games with mark fox we don't really have that but um, we don't have that known known for at kentucky it seems like football is seven wins so I do think Georgia has to assess its relationship with Mark and just, and figure out what the future is there. I don't think he's on the hot seat. I don't think I don't know how that I don't know why we even necessarily use that term because it will become evident at some point. It will become obvious. Um, and I think until it's obvious, Greg McGarrity's not going to do anything. Yeah, and, and, and basketball is the thing too. I, up here with it, it's okay. I, th- I think it's easier to have modest expectations on football because football programs are like battleships. Okay, <clears throat> they don't turn and they don't cut on a dime. They don't turn it easily. Um, basketball, though, if you can just get two kids in one class, you're off and running. Totally. I mean, look at Missouri. I mean, they've been terrible for two or three years. They lost, They had the best player in the class, essentially, and Michael Porter get hurt. He's out for the season. They're still on track to make the tournament because they had a great recruiting class. It took one cycle. They, changed, they, they got a brand-new coach, took one cycle. They're in the mix for the NCAA tournament. It is not like it's a speedboat. Basketball is a speedboat. You just get a couple kids. Obviously, you can have your what ifs of if if Contavious Caldwell Pope would have played a year with Travis and Trey. I mean, come on, with but that this. I know that was seven or eight years ago now. But I mean, I do think I mean, obviously Gerald Robinson was in place. That would have been a great Georgia team. It just didn't work out. But that's also that shows you how precarious it can be. But that can be a good thing too because it can fall into place that quickly too. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's I think it would be frustrating uh, because. To, to, to be in this perpetual conversation of it, it's perpetual bubble talk and it's it's well you want to you want to know something man that loss the other day to UMass is basically according to the bracket makers ESPN 
CBS, etc. They have that basically knocked them out of the tournament. Yeah, if you lose to a team that's outside there's of the only, top seventy-five, it's it's not good. If you lose, only, UMass is one thirty. Okay, so that's disaster. Georgia Georgia is only included in five of the I think thirty-one brackets that are out there right now, and so um, they're they're pretty they're pretty low on that list. Look, man, but the, the who the, makes the, Georgia's the, schedule? Is it Fox? I, I mean, I would imagine it's Mark and the SEC. I mean, obviously the SEC has a lot. No, to but do. who makes their non-con schedule? Do they have some? I would in the imagine, athletic department. It would have to be Mark Fox at the end of the day. All right. Well, he. I mean, you lose at Oakland. You lose at UMass. Stop yeah. scheduling this. I'm. If you want to play three, if you want to play the uh, three games in, in four or five days out there on the West Coast, that's fine. If you get two two out of three. And a decent win over St. Mary's. That's great. I just, I just, you know, I think you just brought up a good point. I, you know, if I, I remember talking to Mark, and you know, we got really sidetracked on this basketball thing, but no, 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 there's no sidetracks here. Well, we I mean, rename I this podcast talk- to the sidetrack. <laughs> I remember talking to Mark in Savannah at one point, probably right after or Savannah or Macon or somewhere, right after he got hired, and I said that, have you thought about playing around the state? You know, you could play in Savannah, you could play in Macon. Mm-hmm. He said he really wanted to make Athens a, a place where they could really play. But he has really tripped them a lot. Now, that's a, that's common in, in basketball. They played in New York a few times. That's they fine. Played in California a few. Yeah, but I do wonder why don't they play a lot of these a lot of these games at home. I mean, Marquette, you're playing at Cal- in California, Marquette, and, and Massachusetts in your first 10 games of the season. It, it's just being very, very picky. But uh, I do wonder if they, you know, if you don't just take the Calipari track and just say, hey, we're going to play at home, period. And we'll, we'll do your little, we'll do your little, you know, we'll go out to California or, or Kansas City, but we're not, you know, we're not going to do anything else. We're just going to basically play here or in Atlanta, and that's it. But, but man, that might that might not make a difference. They should never have lost to UMass. I don't care where they play that game. Right. That just should, that just should not have happened. Period. Well, well, last season they played at Clemson. Uh, they but played. I, I don't mind that. That's no, that fine. was fine. Yeah, it's no big deal. But they they did host Marquette last year, so this year was the return game. Be. Right. But that Oakland game is so strange to me. That was I. I'm assuming that was a Yante game. I don't know. That one at least makes a little sense then. I forgot that Yante's from up there and Mike Edwards, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, this ain't about scheduling, man. I mean, the scheduling is just a symptom. Well, yeah, that's, or, see, we're dissecting that. You're saying, hey, yeah, the scheduling and then the recruiting no. and then they add it all up and you the got yourself is, a perpetual the truth bubble. Is, yeah, the truth is, if they go up there and handle business against UMass the way that they should have, you and I would—I know I would not be talking badly. But I'd be like, "Eh, they didn't play so great against Winthrop or Walthrop, whoever it is Walthrop. that they play. Walthrop that they played. But you know, it's—it's it's, you know, they've only lost one game. They got the UMass game now. They get these, they basically have to split against Temple and, and Tech, which they shouldn't. They should win both. That's what I would be saying. But now it's just kind of like. Back in the uphill slug. Damn, how many times do I have to say this? You know, like it's it's the same thing over and over and over again. And and with Mark uh, Richt, he only a lot of people he lost them quicker than he lost me. But Mark Rick lost me completely at, at at the Tennessee game. I didn't understand that. That none of that made sense to me. Uh, that Tennessee game, 
I don't know why you stuck with Grayson Lambert as long, as long as they did. After you spend two days talking about how he is going to get, you know, how he that how they're going to play a couple quarterbacks. And it's just like, you're saying one thing and you're doing another. Not only what you're doing, the kid can't do it. I mean, he's got, he was four of nine or something like that with almost two interceptions in that Tennessee game. And they, it just was, it was horrid. And so Mark, after that game and the comeback, I just said, they've lost me. I, I can't, this is how you get fired. This game right here is how you get fired. I don't get it. They've lost me. It's over for me. And, and then, and I love Mark Rick. I would take him to dinner right now. I mean, he's a great person and he is a great coach. He is a great coach. He's not a good coach. He's, yeah, he's a great, great coach. All right, you don't win the you don't win the SEC championship multiple times and not be a great coach. All right, this is Gene Chizik territory. So, <laughs> so, um, I just wonder at what's and from that point forward at, at Georgia, it was it was just you know then they lost to Gators the way that they did. But for me, with Mark Fox, I've never just had that moment where I'm going, this is you know as close as it came to me for. The, my moment, so to speak, was they didn't sign Tony Parker. Yep. Now, maybe that was just me and you making it up and kind of conniving with one another for things to make sense in our brains. Mm. But for me, when that happened, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, but this, that started even this, before that because... This might not go so well. Well, that was around the same time that Greg had made that stupid comment that they weren't going to play the AAU game. Did he say that publicly? Or Oops, did I'm sorry if that was off the record. <laughs> Okay. You say things like that, and I start getting. I start thinking. Well, maybe you don't know what you're talking about, because they they could have hired, um, and I, the name's escaping me. Who yeah, was involved Corey with the Georgia? State. Corey McRae. He goes to UCLA. Hmm. Uh, why did Tony Parker and a couple of those Georgia guys? How did they end up at UCLA? I mean, do you think it was just random? Do you think they like wanted to play for Ben Howland? He seems like a nice guy, right? <laughs> huh. But I feel like Fox was too stubborn at that point to budge a little bit. Yeah, I think that might be a good way to put because, it. But that cl that cycle of players, remember it's Shaq Goodwin, Shannon, yeah. uh, Shannon Scott, who went to Ohio. So you're talking about kids that go to Memphis. Uh, Shannon Scott went to Ohio State. Tony went to UCLA. There was a host of players in there. Malcolm Brogdon went to Virginia. They yeah. miss on all those kids right around that time that Trey and Travis were cool. It was cool to be at Georgia. Travis was dunking on everybody. People were writing articles asking if Trey Tompkins was a first-round talent. And Gerald Robinson was cool. That was a cool time. KCP was on, on board, and they were just a few pieces short. And, you know, there you go. Okay, we got to wrap this thing up, but I wanted to throw a few things out at you. Okay. Here is... Oh, no. I have floated something I'm not prepared to talk about, and I'm trying to buy right. some time. Here we go. Dead it, dead it. Okay. Here's what I got coming up. I think. All right. December twenty second. Mm. I'm on my Hilton account here, which I am proudly a gold member, and I'm gonna fight for diamond in 2018. Diamonds are forever. <laughs> I right. started watching that last night. Go ahead. Hilton. I'm staying in New Orleans in the French Quarter Friday, December twenty second for okay. two nights. Is there a punchline? No. All right. Then I've got Baton. Okay. No, January 2nd, I'm in Baton Rouge. S January 6th, I'm in Knoxville. Not so excited about that one. January 13th, I'm in Nashville. That one's a good one. Okay. 
January 15th, Columbia, South Carolina. Remind me in early January to get my tetanus shot. All right. Um, Here's a good one. Here's a good one. January 26th, I am in Morgantown, West Virginia. Now, I, I don't know about the rest of the state of West Virginia, but I'm actually looking forward to that trip to Morgantown. That's going to be a good game, West Virginia, Kentucky. I, I, I believe it's pronounced Morganton. <laughs> I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm just I, will, I will certainly uh, get a moon pie and an RC cola while I'm there. I'm just telling you what they say. All right. February the 2nd, I'm in Columbia, Missouri. That's definitely the better of the two Columbias. Uh, February 9th, I'm in College Station, Texas. February the 10th, I'm in Gainesville, Florida. And for five days, nope, I got Auburn, February 13th. Um, Fayetteville, Arkansas, and then St. Louis for five days for the SEC tournament. That's my travel schedule. Okay. And I am looking forward to it, dude. It is awesome. I love where, it. I thought there was a punchline here. Oh, no, there's no punchline. I just wanted to tell you where I'm going to be. It's a, and people think it's crazy because I, I also, when I fly, I have to do a lot of connections. And so <laughs> you mean I, from Lexington, Kentucky, there's connections. Well, no, I can drive. To, <laughs> I can drive from Louisville, or I can drive to Louisville or Cincinnati and get them direct flights, boy. But there's a direct there. flight from Louisville to Gainesville, Florida. That one probably not. But some of these well, I, I can spend catch a right. bunch of money on y'all, man. Woo! No, dude, it's a lot of fun. But I say all that just because I actually enjoy the travel. Keeps things fresh. I was in Chicago earlier this year and New York City. It's cool. I want to know, though, are you renting a Winnebago and driving with Wes Mullenberg to Pasadena? I want, I want you guys to drive, to go cross-country to Pasadena, I, I call, I and I want you to blog him, about it. I called him today. I said, bitch, I hope, you, I hope that airport is good to go, because we're driving if it's not good to go. I hope... You better hope and pray that that airport is ready. See, I would love it. I love riding in a car. I like driving, too. So. You know how difficult that would be? Oh, it'd be, it'd be terrible. I mean, I mean, you could... It's just so hard when you're driving because you can't really work. I mean, you could say you can type in the car, but you really can't. I mean, it's... That's a 33-hour drive, bro. But, dude, think of all the things you could get into on the way out there. If you left right now, you could hit a lot of different places. You ought to tap into your subscriber base and ask for places to stay. There's we've got we got some we got some action out there in, in, in California. We got subscribers out in California. Do you like to travel? Oh yeah. For the for the most part. I think uh I, I don't know that I'm a giant fan of traveling to Starkville, Mississippi or, you know, wherever. I even like those trips. I think Starkville's appropriately ranked, though, when it comes to the SEC towns. Yeah, it ain't the greatest. Have you ever been worried on a flight that it was... It was yes! Okay. Are you going to expand on that? or Maybe we could save that for next week. Uh, yeah, I think we should save that for the off-season when I nearly died going to Baton Rouge. All right, sounds good. No, awful. All right, let me know. Thanks for joining us on the roundtable. You're welcome.